Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and uh, around the radio one till four after four o'clock. If you miss something, you can hear the show all over again as a podcast. John and Ken on demand on the iHeart app. All right. Well, one update this afternoon on the search for the mass shooter in Maine is it looks like they found his cell phone. Uh, they've been searching near a river where they had found his car earlier, and now they're claiming that they found the cell phone of Robert Card. This is the Androscoggin River. We're going to get an update right now from Lewiston, Maine, and ABC News for KFI's Derek Dennis. Derek. Hi there. Yeah, uh, the cell phone you speak of, uh, a law enforcement sources are telling ABC News that, yes, there was a cell phone found. But they're not sure how telling that will be. Uh, they say it is possible uh, that could be a diversion, putting a cell phone one place while he goes in another direction. So uh, they're not exactly waving us off of this uh, new uh, information, but um, 
it may not be the break in the case uh, that we've all been waiting for. Uh, this suspect, Robert Card, 40 years old, an Army reservist uh, with a long history of mental health issues, accused of opening fire Wednesday night in two locations in Lewiston, Maine, uh, and killing 18 people, wounding 13 others, some of them critically. He's been on the run ever since and not been seen or heard from. Uh, uh, and so there's a manhunt underway for him uh, on land and in the waters of the Androscoggin River, which runs uh, right through Lewiston and out to uh, the Gulf of Maine and then out to the Atlantic. And so uh, there's real concern he could have gotten on a boat, which he had access to, and sailed away. So the Coast Guard is helping with the search. Dive teams are in the water. And there are some 500 tips that have come in on land. Uh, that authorities are, are checking out as well. They've sort of told us, reading between the hot lines, that they could be here uh, for days uh, searching. Uh, it's a big area to cover, a lot of terrain, and um, not easily searched. Can you tell if, are they convinced he's alive? You know, that question was asked to authorities at their news conference this morning. And by the way, there's another news conference set for about an hour from now. Uh, their thinking is he could be dead or alive. Uh, but the searching uh, it gives us the indication that they believe, you know, there's still searching to be done. And so, you know, they're, they're looking for him. But uh, the possibility, you know, searching the bottom of a river, a dark, murky river, leads them uh, to think that he could be dead in the water. Also, uh some of the scenarios you were talking about would indicate they think he could make rational decisions, such as use a uh, discarded phone as a decoy to send police on, on the wrong path. But on the other hand, he's got voices in his head. And who knows what those voices are telling him and whether he's following their commands or not. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a case unlike... Um Many others we've seen uh, in, in, in recent past where you've got a suspect with clear mental health issues that have been reported. He spent some time in a facility over the summer ordered by his commander in the Army Reserve to undergo mental health treatment, hearing voices, erratic behavior, threatening behavior. Uh, all of it paints the picture of a suspect very troubled and clearly dangerous uh, and armed. Uh, and so there's a continuing shelter-in-place order for residents in and around the Lewiston area, a two-county area, uh, and, and people are, are rattled. They're staying put largely. Uh, downtown Lewiston has been uh, practically a ghost town. Businesses after business closed uh, since this uh, manhunt got underway. Do you know uh, if that mental health facility was, was a military facility? We don't know. Uh, not a lot of details have come out of that. Uh, we know he was discharged, but we don't know what the disposition was. Uh, and there's a lot of questions that have been raised about Maine's yellow flag law, which basically allows for the confiscation of weapons from an individual deemed to be a threat. Uh, Senator Susan Collins of Maine was asked this question, uh, and, and she basically said, yes, his behavior would have made him eligible. Uh, to have his, his weapons confiscated under the yellow flag law in, Ma in Maine, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. So that's part of the investigation. We hope to get some more answers 
uh, from authorities on that today. Derek, every time I kind of look for an update the last 24 hours, it's about searching a home or going uh, surrounding a home. They're looking at all the homes yeah. in the extended family of this guy? They are. And, and these searches are, are based on tips from the public. Uh, some more than 500 tips have come in, according to law enforcement. They're tracking every one of them, and they're saying keep them coming. No tip is too big or too small, according to authorities. And, you know, that's why we're seeing instances where law enforcement are surrounding home or they're showing up at businesses or they're at a lakefront, a waterfront. You know, I've just been out and about in the streets, and every once in a while you see a caravan of police racing by, lights and sirens on, looking like they're heading in, 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 a, in a specific direction. Hard to follow them, hard to know where they're going, but there is uh, certainly a, a, a serious sense that authorities are on this, and, and they're leaving no stone unturned. Do you know if they have uh, some serious search parties going through the woods because I have read the locals say the woods are very thick. You can barely fit between the trees. And once you get in the woods, you can't see more than 10 feet in front of you. And it would be really easy for a guy like him with 20 years military experience to burrow himself into the forest. And it would be very difficult to find him. Well, it's true. And, and authorities say they're using all kinds of uh, equipment, uh, sonar and, and otherwise, drones even. Uh, according to, to dogs, uh, canines that are searching. So they're, they're, they're prepared for the rough terrain, they say. They've got the equipment and the manpower to do the searching, and they're doing that searching now. Uh, but they sort of uh, have cautioned us, uh, reading between the lines, that they could be here for days. This may not be easily resolved uh, you know, in a matter of hours. Are they going to keep the town closed for days? Well, that was a, a pointed question that was asked, and uh, the uh, main state public safety director commissioner actually says, you know, there are ongoing discussions about that now, whether uh, leaving a uh, shelter-in-place order is um, prudent. They know how difficult it is on, on homes and on families, and people have to get to school and to work, uh, those kinds of things. So uh, for, for now, the, the lockdown is in effect. Uh, but it seemed likely, according to the, the the comments from law enforcement, that there are discussions around lifting it, and that could happen at any time. There's something also about a rambling suicide note he left for his son. Yeah, that's right. A suicide note was found outside a home uh, connected to suspect Robert Card. Uh, it was described by sources to ABC News as rambling with instructions on what to do with the son, uh, uh, financially and otherwise, uh, if he were not to not come home. And it is described as a suicide note, which is another indication that authorities think he could be dead, but they are searching both ways, both scenarios, alive or dead. Uh, they just don't know. And the searching is extending up to the Canadian border, even with authorities in Canada told to be on the lookout, the border patrol told to be on the lookout. Uh, so this searching and this alert is far and wide. All right, Derek, thank you very much for that update. We appreciate it. Sure thing. All right, it's Derek Dennis, ABC News for KFI in Lewiston, Maine, with the latest on the continued search for a man by the name of Robert Card, apparently a gun expert, apparently a paranoid schizophrenic. And uh, you're right, John, I don't know how that competes with uh, this maybe well-planned-out <laughs> shooting and then disappearance. There's for some reason when 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 guys get off and running, 
a lot of people uh, default to, oh, well, he probably has this planned out. You know, he has a series of cars and he has hideaways and he's, he's going to leave a phone you know, as a decoy. As and he's going to. Yeah, this is a guy who shot people dead at the bowling alley. People he knew who were deaf, uh, who ha had, and he had a hearing aid in order to hear what the deaf people were saying about him. He 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 thought that they were trashing him. Apparently, but, he, he well, his family says he was suffering significant hearing loss, and he got the high-powered hearing aids. Right. And he but, did think that some of his hearing-impaired friends were talking about him behind his back. Right. Or that's what the voices were telling him was going oh, on. Of course, right. That, 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 that his deaf friends were, were trashing him. Right. I mean, so this is he's not necessarily going to do rational things, and there's a suicide note, and there's been absolutely no sign of life anywhere. I mean, plus, he could be, he could be anywhere. He could have had a second car, and he's in Montana by now. Yeah. There's no way to know. Or he, or, trying you know, to figure out if he had any kind of job. It says he worked at a recycling center. That's about all I could uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Divine. And the military apparently was involved in petroleum yeah. supply. But so. but one one thing, and I'm going to like put a marker here. What hospital was this? I heard one... Uh, yeah, yesterday I read it was a military hospital. Yeah, that was well, one report I read. They did a horrible job, didn't they? Because they allegedly it was them that said this man needs help, and they took him in. Right. His supervisors decided he was nuts enough to be forced into a hospital, a military hospital. And then after two weeks, he's let go. Who did this and why? <laughs> they got, they, they, that was a terrible decision. Their, their job is to, because you have to take special care of a guy who's got this kind of military training who's got this kind of uh, uh, familiarity with weaponry and he owns weapons and he used to teach how to shoot weapons. How in the hell do you get a, let a guy like this out easily when he's got voices in his, voices in his head? All right, we'll get to... it's, just, it's just amazing, uh, just un, unfathomable incompetence at these uh, hospitals. we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Yeah, and we got everything in place here on Friday. We got the Moist Line callers at 320. We got a, well, hack, two hacks to throw into the dumpster after the news at 330. And then there'll be another round of hacking the dumpster. You don't want to miss certainly the third hour. But if you miss anything, as John said, check out the podcast posted after four o'clock. Right, well, here is a paragraph that was uh, on a website, CBS News, yesterday. Uh, a, a card recently reported experiencing Robert Card, the guy they're looking for in Maine, the mass shooter, recently reported experiencing mental health issues, including hearing voices and threatened to shoot up a military base in Seiko, Maine. Uh, by the way, supposedly he taught firearms instruction there. He is also reported to have been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks over the past summer. In mid-July, leaders of the U.S. Army Reserve's 3rd Battalion told Garrison staff that Card was behaving erratically. So says a spokesperson for the New York Army National Guard in a statement that CBS News got. The battalion was staying at the Camp Smith training site in Cortland, New York, while training at the U.S. Military Academy. Out of concern for his safety, the unit requested that law enforcement be contacted. New York State Police came, transported Card to Keller Army Community Hospital at the United States Military Academy for medical evaluation. Now, whether or not that report has since been pulled, I don't know. But that's I, this was posted well, yesterday. That sounds really serious. And there must have been a number of people at the base 
who signed off on taking one of their own and putting them away in a mental hospital. That 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 his his behavior must have been really obvious. It, it yeah, must have this, been really concerning. This now, sounds like a lot of flags were raised, and uh, maybe it's just one of these people because he is schizophrenic. He can really turn it on and turn it off and make people think he's fine. I don't know. Two weeks, except the people running. Uh, the supervisors in the military and the people at the psychiatric hospital should know that should know that you can't judge his behavior in isolation. That part of schizophrenia is they move in and out good days, bad days. Yes. If you get to the point where you're issuing threats to shoot people up, I mean, that is a crime. Isn't that terroristic threats? Yeah, I think that's where it ends, right? Uh, right. Obviously, a lot of mentally ill people do not commit violence, but if you're threatening to commit violence and you're not in total control of your brain. Right. Sure, and, and schizophrenia is, is degenerative. It doesn't get better. There, there's, no, there's no treatment that makes it better. There are pills that hold back the symptoms for as long as the pill is in your body, right? And then when the pill runs its course, you go back to hearing the voices again. And... Everybody in the psychiatric business knows that, and the supervisors should know that. I mean, if you're on a military base, you, you've dealt with a lot of crazy people, right? You've got guys who have all kinds of PTSD problems and mental health disorders. Sometimes that's why they join the military. They have a mental health disorder. They want to go out and kill people, and you're supposed to be able to weed those out so they don't uh, create an unwarranted massacre. So the idea that they would let them out Knowing what schizophrenia is, knowing his behavior and his threats to kill is, is mind-boggling. It's unbelievable incompetence and sloppiness and stupidity. I well, Just absolute yeah. stupidity. Sometimes these records are private, but since this is a murderer and this is the U.S. military, maybe they should be well, called to reveal the records on the treatment and what well, happened in those two weeks. Well, they might why have, did they just say, sure, go back home? They might have these gobbledygook explanations, but the, the bottom line is schizophrenia doesn't get better. Once you have it, that's it for life. You always have it. You're always getting voices. You're always getting hallucinations. You're always in some kind of a... a, a, a you're always dealing with the possibility that it's all going to fall apart. I, I just you're not you're not fit for for public uh, consumption. I mean, and how long can people in these towns in Maine, you know, lock down, shelter in place? Uh, it could go on a while there. And you know, they want to I mean, they find a cell phone. They found his car the other night, but they want to find more substantive proof that he's alive somewhere so they can keep chasing him or he's and, dead somewhere and, and they find him. But and they should have taken away all his guns. And, of course, he could get new guns, and you could make ghost guns, or you could steal guns, whatever. But you got to keep going in there and get rid of the guns. I mean, that's just basic intelligence. Well, that brings us to this story. A man by the name of Liam Kent, who lives near the Card home there in Maine, said uh, everybody knew this suspect and his relatives as gun-toting enthusiasts who lived in basically a compound. They would shoot guns all the time. You could hear them every day after school. It was like clockwork. And he claimed that one time he saw Card himself covered in blood with a gun on his back and a giant grin on his face. He had gone deer hunting. So and, this th was... and there's a lot of that in rural Maine. That's that's normal behavior. To do, uh... there, yeah, there's... I understand that a lot of people are in their homes with their guns ready. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that gun sales quickly uh, peaked after this shooting and the hunt for this man. People in these towns in Maine were talking about it, not taking any chances. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're living in, in the outdoors, in the woods, in rural areas. 
yeah, I'm sure a huge percentage of them are armed, and it's mostly for self-protection and hunting. Honey is huge in, in, in those areas. <clears throat> but uh, again, you, you have a diagnosed mental illness at a military mental hospital. I, I just You can't get around that. How incredibly absurd is that they, that they let him go? And to do what now? Now, now you have a guy who's, who's not working, who doesn't have a purpose anymore. I, I, nobody really takes this stuff seriously. Everybody wants all these controls and red flag and yellow flag laws passed and gun control and this and that and the other thing. But when it comes to executing the restrictions, because it, it's government workers and government workers by their nature are, you know, often stupid, lazy, and they don't care. Well, no. nobody falls through. Nobody does the right thing. Don't we? I, I mean, I always say this. We have two choices here. Uh, there's the one side who wants to disarm everybody. There's the other side that says we've got to do more with the people we find out are threats and make sure that they are neutralized, either by hospitalization, drugs, prison, something like that. And you're right. To get this last summer that he wanted to shoot up a base, you got to take that seriously and not release him in two weeks. None of that it makes was no done. sense at all. The, the, the gun control measures weren't followed through. They didn't take away his guns. Right. How, it took years for states. Yeah, to there's be... got to be a super focus on people in this category. Right. No. Otherwise, you're going to get this stuff. Like a terrorist watch list, right? You know, it's much easier for people to go, oh, wow, isn't that terrible? What a ter horrible tragedy. We should do something. People just talk. No, nobody does anything, especially the people who have the responsibility and the ability to do something. Yeah. All, the well, all the people, has anybody come from that hospital and spoken out? Who was in charge of his case? Who, who signed the papers to discharge him from the hospital? Who's that guy or that woman? Where is she or he? No. Uh, it, we also speculated that he had recently broken up with a girlfriend. And, of course, he goes to that bowling alley where he thought people were talking about him. That's where he first took out his revenge along with the bar nearby. Uh, it does say in the story I'm looking at now, he was recently laid off from a job at a recycling plant. Mm -hmm. So that may be in another. Uh, right. And, and the, the two biggest triggers for a lot of these uh, guys are you lose a job, you lose a girlfriend. Yes, that's very tough, particularly in the rural areas of the country. Yeah. Where there's not a lot of other support to lean on. Right. And he's he's uh, been uh, kicked, uh, kicked away from the military. I don't know if he was formally discharged or not. He was let, let out of the mental health hospital. He's got lots of guns. He's 40 years old. He's got what kind of prospects does he have? Yeah. Uh, they also said that uh, recently he's been obsessed with cornhole. <clears throat> he actually enters a bunch of tournaments. So <laughs> that's how he was spending his time and maybe heading to the bar. I don't yeah. know, but there's pictures of him playing cornhole. Cornhole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that's that's a pointless life right there. All right. When we come back, we turn our attention to the vagrant problem. Metro, L.A. County Board of Supervisors, uh, they're all patting each other on the back. We're going to solve the homeless problem on the trains and buses. Right. Wait till you hear the plan. And the El Segundo Times does an editorial, and it says you're going to have to take in the homeless in your neighborhood. You're going to have to. You don't have a choice. Because well, they say so? Because they say so. Because they say so. All right. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to have homeless encampments and homeless shelters <laughs> and homeless whatever they're called. This is, this is the L.A. Times F.U. editorial to uh, people who live in normal neighborhoods. <laughs> this is the big F.U. from your local newspaper. 
All right, uh, it's coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio from one until four, and then after four o'clock, John and Ken on demand the podcast. You can hear the show if you missed any part of it on yeah. the iHeart app. There's going to be a, another news conference in Maine about the search for this guy Robert Card, who they believe killed 18 people in the mass shooting. We'll carry it as long as it makes sense when it comes up at two o'clock. Because sometimes we've noticed there's politicians who come up and just thank each other and. Looking for information about the case. So we'll run that as long as it warrants after two. Uh, things are really heating up, literally, in the Middle East. Uh, Hamas will feel our wrath tonight, says Israel. Unprecedented airstrikes on Gaza and the ground operations are beginning to ramp up. And they're telling Palestinians to flee south right 
now. Tanks, Hamas apparently uh, is telling its people, Hamas is saying either you kill the Jews or you give your gun to us. It's another uh, nice thing. <laughs> so everybody's preparing That's for... That's a uh, charming group, isn't it? The, uh, the tanks are rolling in. Yeah. I've seen photos of it. And uh, I was listening to a Fox uh, a war correspondent, Trey Yankst, and he's been out there for all three weeks since Hamas unleashed its attack. And he said, tonight, because it's already night in Israel, is is unlike any other night we've had so far. Because yeah, he's confirming that there's definitely something going on with a bigger operation. So they, they're they're striking by land, sea, and air. Uh, they're they're dropping uh, missiles down. They've got tanks that are firing away, and this may be the start of uh, the big phase of the war. All right, so we'll bring you more on that also in the uh, two o'clock hour. Uh, let me tell you a quick story as we head into Vagrant Land. Uh, on my daily runs, there's a place I run past, which is like an empty lot, and it has been for many many years. And turns out, though, that this was the same street. Remember I told you how people parked their RVs on this street? Yeah. And instead, what the town did was they put up meters and they started enforcing it and the RVs are gone. But it's the same block where three days ago I was running past on the sidewalk. And what did I see sprawled out with the cushions in the empty lot and the cap? Somebody dumped a large couch there. Right. And people will do that when they see large empty lots. And they've got bulky items that cost too much to take away and they can't get the trash collectors to take them or they can't. Oh, they don't want to pay. They don't want to so pay. So they yeah. sometimes just load them up in a truck and dump them in an empty lot. It's pretty common. So the reason I'm saying this is two days later, I went by again. And, of course, there's a vagrant sleeping in the couch, yeah. which I thought was pretty funny. He thinks it's. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, well, how fortuitous. <laughs> Somebody thought that I might need a couch to lie down is, on. Is this for me? <laughs> he had a little blanket on. He was all curled up, and I could see his bearded face yeah. lying and, there. And that's how it starts. And then somebody else is going to show You're up. You're right. Somebody a, else comes by with a sleeping bag and a tent and, and a lawn chair. <laughs> and somebody will bring a TV, and then you got a homeless uh, encampment going. That's the way it goes. Uh, so speaking of the homeless, the L.A. Metro uh, led by, oh, look at that. The Metro board chair is Karen Bascon. There you go. Yes. And they drafted a unanimous motion directing the CEO, her name is Stephanie Wiggins, to solve homelessness in the metro system. Woohoo! And they all <laughs> slap each other on the back and said, Good job! All, Put out a paper. All you have to do is order them off the train. What do you need a plan to solve? No, homelessness? we're going to add more outreach workers. <laughs> oh, more ambassadors? To come and talk to them about, yes. Hi. It says increasing services during late night and early morning hours. I like this one. Increasing Set up an service. emergency housing protocol with LASA. Oh, good old LASA. Well, that's what that's what they always announce. I know. That's Requiring what they a report claim. on progress every quarter. A report on progress every quarter. Hand me a report. You oh, could do God. this. You could do this in a day. You go on every train. You go up to a vagrant and say, "What stop are you getting off on?" And they have to tell you. And then you watch them get off on that stop. And then they get back on the next one. Well, train. you know, you don't let them on. <laughs> no, they you just go to, the other direction, the train go, going the other way. Go buy a ticket. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, and of course, led by the rah-rah herself, 
Mayor Bascon, who just likes to act like we're going to get this done. It's a new day for Metro this as is, we gear up for the Olympics in 2028. This has been her entire year, and this will be her whole term. She's going to get up every few days and give the old rah-rah speech about, okay, we're fully engaged now. We're going to turn this around. We've got a plan, and we're going to address the plan, and let's go in there and get them, everybody. And we're going to do it, she says, with coordination from cities, nonprofits, and county services. We can do this. Really? What have they been We're building a new system, she said, about the metro. What have they been doing for the last 10 years? I have no idea. All these nonprofits and these uh, government agencies have been around the entire time. Remember, the first a, thing she did when she became mayor was declare a state of emergency. How's right. that going? Yeah. What did that change? <laughs> what oh, it just got headlines. Yeah, I know. got headlines. She's a doer. <sighs> I, I it is she she is so full of it. Even Garcetti didn't try this hard. She is completely full of it. She hasn't done a damn thing. Everything hundred vagrants a day are hanging out on the trains and buses. Because, uh, using them as mobile shelters, they call it. Because they're allowed to. Because you don't have armed, uniformed police or security guards saying you've got to go. This is no. the last stop. You're not allowed back on. In fact, give them the lifetime ban. If you're caught and you're constantly sleeping and defecating and urinating, it's like you're banned. Get out. Put put their uh, put their pictures up on the uh, by the turnstiles. Have guards there checking IDs. So of course, perfectly timed. The Los Angeles Times editorial board put out a good one. Homeless people need housing everywhere, including down the street from your house. Well, I vehemently disagree with the <laughs> no, editorial board. That would be they're trying to say there's no other place, there's no room left. We're so built out in LA. Then leave you're the city. Have to have vagrants down the street from you in a shelter. Leave the city, then get out of the city. Oh, they out. did say that they can't go. Where does it say that here? They did mention the desert. Yeah, and well, they 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 just made a declaration. They said something along the lines: No, they can't be moved to the desert. No, that's yes. what they wrote. Yeah, yeah. yes, they can. Why can't they? Because obviously you, they've heard from people. Sure, because you put them on a bus and you you set up services out in the desert. That's where you do, what you do. It of course you could do it. They think people are being uh, phony. Los Angeles residents support housing and even are willing to tax themselves for it, but they always think there's another spot for it better than anywhere where they live. Yes, I feel that way. Everybody does because it's true. Oh, I'm not willing to tax myself for it. Oh, not tax myself, but. There, there's always a place to go. It just has to be outside the city, outside the county, like the desert. That is what you, that is what you have to do. You have to set up your facilities and services, right? Your uh, hubs and your, your navigation centers. Yes, your navigation hub. All those, all the, they, they're so full of crap. They are so full of crap, and they know they, they're full of crap. This is what, what, what's so irritating to me. You and and you know what they they came up uh, uh, with a bogus statistic. Seventy five percent of homeless people surveyed are living in the same county where they became homeless. Well, that means twenty five percent. That's what they tell us. All right, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I'm from here. I, well, yes. How do <laughs> they? That is a lot of probably what well, they do, right? Well, yeah, it's self identification. They don't actually check. Some of these people don't know their names. They don't know where they're from. You go up to a meth addict on the street and ask him where he came from. Do you think he knows? What do, and and if I, I, I'm astonished, what is that survey? And, I, and what is what is the method that they use to determine where they were living before they became homeless? There is no such survey.
Nobody knows. You ask people, and often they say they're, they were from out of town, and they came here to L.A. because they heard it was a free beachfront property that they could live on. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Who cares? By the way, who cares if they are here? If, if, uh, if they can't afford to, a place to live, get out. Exactly. Just right. because no, you were here, you don't get a lifetime pass to live in the street. And you don't get a lifetime pass to live down my block. That's stupid people who write for the LA Times. Just really, really, really stupid. John and Ken Show. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. I have an idea based on that LA Times editorial that we should just all suck it up and accept these... Uh, Homeless uh, treatment centers and housing in our neighborhood. In our right. It's like, why don't you? Why don't doesn't the Times do a poll neighborhood by neighborhood and see which neighborhoods would welcome these, and then put the uh, housing uh, in that neighborhood? Let's see. I bet you they won't find a single neighborhood in the city that would accept this. Not one. And if that's what the neighborhood wants then that's, that's the law there. L.A. Times doesn't get to bully and try to shame people. Those days are over. All right? Those days are over. It's not 2020 anymore where people are going to cower to uh, woke bullies. It's like, no. Under no circumstances are you putting a homeless center in my neighborhood. You need uh -uh. to be a yimby. What's wrong with you? Uh, not an yimby, a yimby. Yeah, no, I'm a nimby. And that's no. a, that, that's that's a badge of honor. That's not going to be an epithet anymore. That 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 we should start a, a whole organization. The NIMBY Club. Yeah, the NIMBY Club. It's it's because we want to live in peace. We don't want to live in filth and squalor and insanity. And nobody should ever have to apologize for that. And none of these fake fools who write these silly editorials would want these people in their neighborhood either. All right, uh, coming up at 2 o'clock, we're expecting another news conference out of Maine about the search for the mass shooter. Then we're going to talk to Steve Gregory, KFI News. Do you remember the story we covered earlier this year? It was back in late July when they found a guy stuffed inside a barrel off of a beach in Malibu. Well, they have arrested somebody in connection with that murder. And wait till you hear who it is, because this was somebody we also talked about in a completely different crime that got a lot of attention. You know that line they say that there's a small percentage of people that commit most of the terrible violent crimes? Well, here's, here's this kind of proves it, yeah. yeah. And it's two weird stories, both of them. All right, well, speaking of crime, let's listen to John Kobelt on Channel 5. This is a report from uh, KTLA's uh, Carlos Sacedo. Uh, this is that story, you call it a crash and grab. Apparently a guy in an Alfa Romeo was driving along on the 10 freeway uh, near the Arlington exit, not that far from downtown, and he got uh, bumped from behind, pulls over to the shoulder, and they come out in hoodies and they rob them. Uh, so let's uh, listen to this report. And John Cobalt's in here. Stay there. By now, you've seen the viral video of this frightening freeway heist. A group of masked men armed with hammers and crowbars rushed a crash vehicle as their victim drops to his knees with his hands raised in the air. Don't, hey, don't move. Hey, stay there. I, I got everything. Take a good look at the suspects and what they're wearing. The daytime armed robbery happened Tuesday on the eastbound 10 freeway near Arlington Avenue. 
To be honest, at first I thought it was a hit and run gone bad. This man asked not to be identified. He was recording on his cell phone as other motorists watched helplessly as the assailants rummaged through the victim's badly damaged sports car. I couldn't believe it. The heist has law enforcement on alert. LAPD Chief Michael Moore took to social media to address the robbery, saying, quote, the CHP is aggressively investigating this violent attack and investigators are assisting to help identify and bring to justice those responsible. And if you look at the video, it does almost look like it's a movie scene because they're all dressed in these dark hoodies and the way they run up to the Alfa Romero and just start taking stuff out of it. Over at KFI, talk radio host John and Ken have much to say about the latest smash and grab to rock Southern California. In fact, you know, people have to think twice now if they get bumped on the freeway, maybe you shouldn't stop. Maybe you should just take off and if the police uh, track you down later, tell your story. Their take on who is to blame for these brazen attacks? It's because of the complete destruction of the justice system by from George Gascon on down. You don't get much time for, for burglary. You don't get much time for retail theft, shoplifting, whatever you want to call it. You just don't. And those suspects there are still at large this evening. Authorities are asking for the public's help. They're also reminding drivers motorists to stay vigilant. There you go. Now, you know, back, oh, it's been probably a long time ago, there was something similar to this was happening. Now, people weren't robbed, but it was an insurance scam. Like somebody would bump you from behind and then claim after you pulled over that, oh, my neck hurts. Look what you did to me. It's your fault. Remember that? that oh, was, yeah. No, that was I... going on for a while. This would be new if they look at your luxury car and decide you might have something worth taking. I still don't know if they didn't target this man, well, knowing he might well, have something. Think, we don't know I, yet. I think they did because I saw one report this morning where they uh, apparently there was uh, several videos that were that were taken. And, and remember, there was one guy who was standing behind the robbers yes. on the side of the freeway. His video made made the TV and or 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 this report. And 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 uh, there was like a transcript. And one of the robbers said, you got it? He goes, yeah, I got it. Yeah, In other that, words, yeah. there was something specific that they pulled out of the car, I think out of the front seat. So they may have tailed this guy from wherever he purchased or received the item. I see. And uh, so he, he may well have been targeted. Because, you know, most people don't have anything valuable in their car. I mean, they wrecked the car. And yes, that's why I thought maybe he's going to the bank with a bag of cash, something right, that they exactly. knew was happening, or no. some valuable equipment yeah. or jewelry. Well, I think they followed him. And that's oh. another thing you got to think about now. When you come out of a store or you're carrying a box, you got to go look around. Is somebody, or you come out of an ATM? Like, yeah, I go to an ATM, my head's on a swivel all around. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. and but you know this is this is Karen Bass's Los Angeles. This is George Gascon's Los Angeles. This is what you voted for. This is what you're getting. You're getting people who are not only incompetent, but they have an ideology that says, "No, we're going to allow this. It's okay. It's cool." All right, we're expecting a news conference in Maine and the search for the mass shooter Robert Card. We'll cover that as long as it's warranted. Johnny Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere iHeartRadio app. And in for Deborah Mark, we have Sandy Wells live in the KFI twenty four hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.